Welcome back to Smiling in Hell 2.0, Life After Retirement and Then Some. I'm your host, Larry Peterson, reading through a few of my blog posts from the past year since I left the world of the working man. And uh, today's post is actually called Chapter 19, but it's actually Chapter 18 because I skipped one. So Chapter 18 is called I Believe. You know, at the risk of putting off some of my friends, acquaintances, family members, total strangers, and others whose paths I may have crossed at one time or another, in light of the incredible evolution and revolution of policies, philosophies, and and, and processes occurring in the world, and keep in mind this was written some six months ago, I suppose, I, I felt a personal obligation to be faithful to myself and my upbringing by sharing the following, and thanks for understanding, and I, I hope we can still be friends. This episode is called, I Believe. <clears throat> There's a great scene in the classic sports movie, Bull Durham, where Annie, Susan Sarandon, confronts, confronts Crash Kevin Costner and accuses him of not believing in anything. Despite her anger and frustration with him and his semi-typical male reaction of getting up to leave the awkward scene, it allows Crash a chance to turn around, plant his feet, and deliver the following brief, erudite, and poignant dissertation of what he actually does, in fact, believe. Uh, Note, I've edited this for my PG listeners. I believe in the soul, the the C, the P, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. So, okay, I may not be as pithy and sophisticated as Crash Davis, but like most of us, today especially, there are a lot of elements of our uh, socio-political environment that have forced us to re-examine and reevaluate our own positions and dare I say it, beliefs that affect and somewhat shake the overall mental and psychological foundations that impact our reactions to what is going on in the world, especially these here United States. To that end, my personal and even abbreviated, quote, I believe, quote, discourse goes something like this. I believe that boys and girls are born with certain physical equipment and despite what they may think or say, should not be allowed to compete athletically or, heaven forbid, share a lavatory or locker room with those not born with the same equipment. Now, those of you who have daughters and uh, who have a traditional physical and mental attachment to their assigned birth sex and gender probably agree that it makes us extremely uncomfortable when some scientifically or psychologically created female entity or whatever the latest approved jargon is, wants to run the 440 low hurdles with the girls' team and start hanging out in the, quote, little girls' room. Hey, 
if they don't want to use the little boys' room, that's fine. Get your own dang bathroom and enjoy. I'll stay out of it. And those who are teaching, encouraging, or even allowing genital modification, a.k.a. mutilation, on kids who aren't old enough to know not to eat their own boogers, it's just a blatant and frightening return to Mangalay-like activities. Yeah, I believe that the United States has lost faith in our election process, and like being a little bit pregnant, if there is evidence of even a modest amount of election fraud, our elected officials should insist that it be investigated, audited, and evaluated, regardless of the winning party. I believe that any reluctance to do this indicates a higher probability of cheating. You know, methinks the party doth protest too much, and heaven forbid the, quote, <laughs> fraud shoe should be on the other party's foot. Hoo-ha, buddy, can you imagine the brouhaha that that would ignite? Or maybe you can remember it from two elections ago. I believe that individuals who break the law, whether it's our country's immigration, illegal drug assaults, or murder, property damage during so-called peaceful protests, or simple resisting a traffic stop should be considered criminals and do not deserve to be revered, sanctified, or worshipped by the media, which by doing so encourages our society and youth to expect to be honored for breaking the law. I believe and agree that racism exists, but that racists come in all colors, religions, sexes, and even Major League Baseball uniforms. And that unless this is recognized and accepted, critical race theory, especially in our schools, is a dangerous and damaging clockwork orange indoctrination that does nothing but pour gasoline on a fire that's already burning. I believe that while there are good and bad players in every business, I think the only thing systemic about racism is that is it is overtly and overly reported in the media. Having been accused and gaslighted myself of undeserved and unjustified racism, I can personally attest to how misinterpretation and misrepresentation of information can be totally damaging and soulless. I believe the so-called, quote, mainstream media, as well as major social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, etc., are extremely biased towards liberal and radical political positions, arbitrarily inflicting censorship and the gaslighting of non-agreeing conservative or non-liberal individuals or organizations, thus making a damaging effort to propagate their platforms and political favorites. Unfortunately, for those who have been conditioned to watch and believe anything they hear from the carefully hairsprayed and painted talking heads on the major networks, there is no undoing their cultish conditioning of swallowing the news hook, line, and sinker. Enjoying that lemonade, are you? I believe the COVID pandemic was greatly manufactured and exaggerated by the medical and media by blaming inflated illness and death numbers on this in order to instill and maintain fear in the global population to manipulate behaviors through unnecessary quarantines and lockdowns, useless mask wearing, economic shutdowns, and most recently requiring a non-approved vaccine to prove that an individual is, quote, worthy of special benefits like travel, attendance to events, restaurants, etc., even during the Spanish flu, SARS, bird flu, polio, smallpox, HIV, disco, or other extremely contagious diseases, the medical or legislative bodies have never forced healthy individuals to be quarantined. 
it is a ludicrous and unhealthy response to a questionable disease based on dubious data at best. And to be forced to take a vaccine, well, unlike polio, where there was a definite and visible link to a debilitating illness, I believe this smacks of revelations and the mark of the beast that will supposedly be needed to be allowed to live a full life. I find it amazing that since the birth of COVID, the number of cases and deaths due to, quote, the flu seem to have shrunk to a point where they're not even reported anymore. Really, unlike years gone by, I can't remember the last time I heard a report of the number of patients or folks who have the bug even during our traditional flu season. Well, there's a new one coming up. Let's see how that goes. Based on the recent efforts to undo the foundations of the U.S. to mollify every small segment, I believe our current U.S. administration is unfit to legislate. And in fact, is doing everything it can to bring our country to its knees in order to create a corrupt socialist society to align with a new world order. I especially point to every other country that requires me to go through customs or a border check in order to enter their country. You been to England, Germany, or even Canada lately? They don't just let anyone enter their country at their whim. My non-English speaking grandfather came over from Europe before World War I, legally entered the country following current immigration laws, worked hard to become a U.S. citizen, learned the language, and never expected to receive a free ride. I believe it's a basic human and in particular U.S. right to peacefully protest, when we don't agree with our local or national political leaders. But when that protest degrades into a violent, destructive activity that damages and destroys personal property, destroys businesses that innocent people have worked their whole lives to develop, or results in injury or death, then those, quote, peaceful protesters should be punished and law enforcement should be responsible for bringing this type of activity under control. I agree that the Capitol riot was a dire and definitely unnecessary event, but am amazed that the total devastation and destruction in communities like Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, etc., is not even mentioned or reported by most media outlets anymore. Disgusting. I believe it is a basic human and constitutional right to defend and protect one's family and property, and that that includes the right to own and retain a method or weapon similar to those used by those who would physically attack me or my family. As we often hear, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. Because of this, I endorse the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms until we can ensure that bad guys or corrupt government forces can be graciously relieved of their weapons. I support balanced law-abiding citizens to take a class to learn how to properly use, legally obtain, and safely maintain a firearm. In other words, heaven help the bad guy who tries to do something to my wife or daughter if I'm armed and nearby. Keeping in mind the millions of legal responsible firearm owners in the U.S., the number of firearm events as reported is quite a small percentage. I have no problem and respect the rights of those who prefer not to keep a gun in their home or on their person. But I don't appreciate them restricting my desire to defend myself and my family or telling me what I can or cannot legally do, especially when even our political leaders Harris, Pelosi, Waters, for example, are quoted as encouraging non-peaceful protests, demonstrations, damage, and even physical assault on me and mine. Finally, 
I believe we are God's creation. Not necessarily in the literal Genesis uh, way, but since I certainly acknowledge the evidence of evolution, but since the concept of time can be a relative thing, thank you, Mr. Einstein, I like to think that God did his or her uh, or its seven days of creation over millions of years. Maybe one of God's days equals a million of our years. Hey, I I'm no theologian. I never played one on TV. So the story of creation that I like to think is that God created evolution. It could be the time of the dinosaurs was just a practice round. We as man, woman, came along on the godish sixth day, which who knows how many years that may have included. I know I don't. That's over my pay grade. But I'm I'm sure going to ask someone who is above my grade pay, pay grade someday. But I do believe that what we are all doing these days is certainly not bringing a smile to the great I am's countenance. In other words, we're asking for it. Are there signs there? Hmm. Could be. So those are my thoughts and beliefs. Like I said, y'all might not agree, and that's okay with me. It's not my intent to start any fistfights here. Sometimes you, you just have to get stuff off your chest. Used to be I could say, hey, you know, I think this. And you could say, yeah, that's cool, but I think this. And I could say, hmm, that's interesting. And we'd go get a beer together. Seems like now the only beers being shared are those that are being hurled at each other. And that's just not right. So anyway, thanks again for listening to Smiling in Hell 2.0, Life After Retirement and Then Some. I'll be back so soon with another chapter. In the meantime, have a great day.